welcome to the culture of crimes. Yeah, sure. An or alternate like title. That. Yes, yes. Alternate universe. Let's podcast. rebrand. Uh, just, like two hundred <laughs> plus episodes in. Nearly four episodes. I mean, four years in. Four episodes. Um, yeah. Nearly four years in. We're we're gonna just change everything. The podcast formerly known as Crime Culture. Love it. Um, if Prince can do it, so can we. But um, you got someone back enough. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if everybody could hear that, but I heard it very loudly. Felix just started backing up, and like his mama, he's got a little bit of junk in the trunk. So it's all right. I have a, a window cracked because it's finally like relatively nice out, and it seems mm-hmm. like everybody in my town has a motorcycle. So it's motorcycle season, baby. Yeah, that's a that's a fun thing. Yeah. So yeah. You know what else That's is a fun thing? At. Uh, this episode? I don't know what it's going to be yet because oh. <laughs> I specifically did not check to see what it was or ask you what it was because this is the Patreon pick. Yes, it is. As we mentioned last week, I got hit with a case of Catholic guilt. Still happens to me every so often. So we went to our patrons and we said, yo, you want to you want another you want to pick an episode and some of them were like, sure. And so here we are. And so for those who did not read the title or who are Haley, who keeps herself blissfully aware to be surprised, today we are going to be talking about Anna Sorokin. Ah, okay. And AKA this, Anna Delvey. This is like a fun one because this could have been this could have been a so you want to know about episode? Yeah, it's technically a bit of both. Okay, yeah, because it's really fun for me because I have not watched Inventing Anna is the show. Yes, that's the show. Yes. I have not watched it yet. And I only know like headline information okay. about this case. I don't know like nitty gritty details yet. So oh, we'll I'm very excited. Up yeah, this is this is a wild one to me. Now I'm going to preface this with there's a lot going on. So I didn't get to everything. And also... um. I am not one of those people, like, I know people, like, in my life who idolize this woman. I'm not one of those people, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... It's fascinating. It is fascinating. And yes, we are covering her for our last episode of Women's History Month. So, basically, this is because she is a historical figure at this point. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, pretty much every news outlet has covered... Uh, what has happened and um, she's been on podcasts like she's she has done the most yeah and this as i understand it is not like a murder crime it's not a murder crime and it's also not an over crime yeah we're still going yeah so it's not like a huge bummer no it's just like a what like i mean not to spoil anything, but if y'all enjoyed like our Firefest coverage, it's kind of like that. Oh my god, I love Firefest stuff. Like just from like an outsider's thing. Obviously, if any of this stuff like happens to you, like financial crime and stuff like that, it's devastating. It's horrible. But being on like an outsider, especially like talking about like Firefest stuff, it is so interesting to hear all those details. So I'm sure this oh, you're is going to be this. one of those cases. So let's get in it. Hell yeah. Anna Sorokin was born on January 23rd, 1991. So she's really like our age. In Domodedovo in Russia, it's a working class satellite town that's south of Moscow. Mm-hmm. 
and her father, Vadim, worked as a truck driver while her mom owned a small convenience store. And in 2007, when she was 16, her family relocated to North Rhine, Westphalia, Germany, where her dad was an executive at a transportation company until the company became insolvent in 2013, after which he opened an HVAC business that specialized in efficient energy use. And Anna's mom was a housewife after they moved. Mm -hmm. So she attended a a special Catholic grammar school in Eschweiler that, for the life of me, I will not be able to pronounce the German name of. So I'm going to just give the English translation, which is Episcopal School of Our Lady of or Our Lady Eschweiler. Okay. Um. Now that's how many words? Uh, two, four, six words. Yeah, in German, it's three words. So you can imagine Ah, how intimidating. Yes. Very compound Um, words there. It's not that I do not want to. It's that I know that I will butcher it. I'm surprised you could even Um, say uh, Episcopal. Episcopal. I'm fucking Catholic, (laughs) of course. Well, Well, I mean, Catholic by raised, but either way. So when she was a kid, Anna was like super into fashion. She followed all kinds of like fashion blogs. She subscribed to Vogue. She would like follow, remember Flickr. She oh my would follow God, like yeah. image accounts on Flickr, which was like for the younger, the youths. It's like, it was like Pinterest before Pinterest was a thing. I still have a Flickr account floating around. I think there's, I think it's still, I think it's still functioning. I think it's still a thing. Yeah. Um, but after graduating from Our Lady, our Episcopal School of Our Lady Eschweiler, In June 2011, she moved to London to attend Central St. Martin's, an art school, but then dropped out, went back to Germany, and in 2012, briefly interned at a PR company in Berlin before relocating once again, this time to Paris, in which she earned 400 pounds a month as a intern for Purple, a French fashion magazine. Hmm. And Anna wasn't in a lot of contact with her parents, but as it would imply, 400 pounds is not a lot of money, so especially per month. Um, So her parents did pay her rent. And around that time, she changed her name to Anna Delvey from Anna Sorokin, which she said was based on her mother's maiden name. But her parents have since said that they, quote, do not recognize the surname, end quote. And Anna later admitted that she, quote, just came up with. She just picked it like out of thin air. Like it doesn't it doesn't she didn't get it from somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So while interning at purple she became very friendly with the editor-in-chief olivier zahn and it's man about town andre sareva who owned liberan um and two of quote the 200 or so people you see everywhere as one person put it um like she would go to children's and lulu's in london the crow's nest in montauk paul baby grand in the bowery hotel Frias, coachella art basil like she just she he so According to an interview with Jessica Pressler, which we'll get into, this article was what kind of broke this story. Uh-huh. Jessica Pressler, she's the same journalist who covered Hustlers. Oh, if you remember, okay. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The so she that's who she is, and um, she's kind of a she's kind of a big deal. Uh-huh. But um, marketing director Tommy Soleil, who met Anna at Le Baron in Paris um, in 2013 during Fashion Week. Uh, he said, quote, she introduced herself and she was a sweet girl, very polite. Then we're just hanging out with my friends all of a sudden, end quote. So soon Anna was everywhere. Um, one acquaintance one acquaintance told Pressler, quote, she managed to be in all the right sort of places. She was wearing really fancy clothing and someone mentioned that she flew in on a private jet, end quote. 
And it was unclear for everyone how Anna had amassed all of this wealth or even where exactly she was from. Uh, She told some people that she was from Cologne, but her German wasn't very good. She told other people she was from Germany and that her father ran a business making solar panels. And Soleil said nobody gave it a second thought because, quote, there are so many trust fund kids running around. Everyone is your best friend and you don't know a thing about anyone, end quote. Yeah, but that's so stressful. Just like, how do you keep the lies straight? Like, Mm -hmm. who? how are you deciding who you tell what story to? Because then, like, what if those people know each other and then, like, it, that that's just such a stressful way to live is like yeah. how are you not getting caught exactly in exactly. any of your lies so in mid 2013 anna traveled to new york city to attend new york fashion week she preferred new york she found it easier to make friends there than in paris and she just liked it better so she decided she was going to stay and transferred from purple's um french office to their new york office okay for a short amount of time During this time, she lived at the Soho headquarters of the now-failed credit card company Magnese. Magnesis. Magnesis. You know who owns that? What the fuck's his name? Billy McFarland. Billy McFarland. She she lived there with him and four other people, first of all. That sounds very accurate. I had no clue there was crossover They lived together. She said she'd pay rent. She never did. Owed him money. Like, can you imagine? All right. Yeah, owed Billy McFarland money. Yes, scamming <laughs> Billy McFarland. I just, and wow. I was like, damn, excellent. So, but yeah. It's weird how these people just like can find each other, yeah. like these scammers. Yeah. So, according to DJ LD, who was photographed with Anna at a party at the Standard Highline, Anna pretended to be a wealthy heiress and bragged about the brands of clothing that she would wear, but also would ask partygoers for a place to stay. So when they would decline, she'd spend the night sleeping in a car and Dee would attend multiple events organized by Anna where she had invited people she, quote, barely knew as if it was maybe the second time they'd ever met. Kind of like us. Everyone just sat around quietly staring at their own phones, end quote. Dee also Mm. described Anna as, quote, entitled and mean, especially to people in the service industry, end quote, and said that Anna relied on her and other acquaintances to play for to pay for her expenses by claiming she'd forgotten her wallet or that it was an emergency and her credit cards didn't work. And these expenses would range from drinks at a hotel bar to or drinks at a bar to hotel stays to flights that were like tens of thousands of dollars. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Homie gave no fucks. After a gallerist at Pace introduced her to a young art collector and the founder of Beijing's M. Woods Museum, Michael Zufu Huang, Anna suggested that the two of them go to Venice Biennale together, which Huang thought was, quote, a little weird, end quote, because Anna asked him to book the plane tickets and hotel on his credit card. But he later told Pressler, quote, but I was like, OK, whatever, end quote, because mm-hmm. you're rich. Who fucking cares? Yeah, I guess. He also noted to Pressler that he found it odd that Anna always paid for things in cash. And after they got back, she basically just forgot she had said that she would repay him. Um, Later telling Pressler, quote, it was not a lot of money, like two or three thousand dollars, end quote. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. Right. So but so he he eventually forgot about it. I know. Did you just forget about two to three thousand dollars? 
Yeah, but be uh, nice because life. exactly as Pressler put in her article, quote, when you're super rich, you can be forgetful in this way, which is maybe why no one thought much of the instances in which Anna did things that seemed odd for a wealthy person calling a friend to have her put a tax to have her put a taxi from the airport on her credit card or asking to sleep on someone's couch or moving into someone's apartment with the tacit agreement to pay rent and then not doing it. Maybe she had just so much money she just lost track of it, end quote. In January 2016, Anna hired a PR firm to put together a birthday party at one of her favorite restaurants, Sidel's in Soho. And Huang told Pressler of the event it was a lot of very cool, very successful people. At this point, Huang still remembered that Anna owed him money because, I mean, I, 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 personally, yeah, a flight. how can you forget? <laughs> but yeah. But he didn't really think too much about it until the restaurant was on Instagram and saw pictures of them together and messaged him on his Instagram account a few days after the party asking, as he told Pressler, quote, they were like, do you have her contact info? Because she didn't pay her bill. Then I realized, oh, my God, she is not legit, end quote. Damn. Yeah. The restaurant messaged this this random guy hey, you're just saying, friend. like, yeah. hey. Wow. Yeah. So Anna, meanwhile, continues being a jet setter, and nobody really cared as long as things got paid for. But some people did wonder where all this money was coming from. One acquaintance said, oh, yeah, her dad was an oil tycoon. And then somebody else would be like, no, he's a Russian diplomat. Uh, Jaina Cardozo, one of the owners of the Surf Lodge in Montauk, told Pressler, quote, I thought she had family money, end quote. But then, like, everyone's saying, where's this money coming from? It doesn't seem that there is any money because she's not paying for anything ever. Just wait, baby. Oh, my God. Um, then another acquaintance who was a millionaire tech tycoon told Pressler, quote, as far as I knew, her family was the Delvey family that is big in antiques in Germany, end quote. Okay. So this CEO actually met Anna through her then boyfriend, a futurist who had found some success with TED Talks and had been profiled by The New Yorker. Um, this guy's name, nobody knows, but Anna Delvey Sorokin, whatever you want to call her, has since said that she will reveal his identity to the highest bidder and has started bidding at $10,000. Oh yes. Um, you got to respect the hustle, though. That is quite the hustle. I know. So for about two years, this couple would date and go to all the places that wealthy people would be found. And they lived out of fancy hotels. They hosted dinners where the futurist would promote his app. And Anna promoted the private club that she wanted to open once she turned 25. Because she said when she turned 25, she'd, she'd be able to access her trust fund. Mm -hmm. But by 2016, the, the app that this futurist boyfriend was trying to get off the ground hadn't. And so he moved to the Emirates. Anna was in New York trying to establish her arts club. And so the relationship kind of just fizzled out. And Anna was worrying to Mark Kramers, a London creative director that she hired to help with her branding, that the name for the business she had come up with, the Anna Delvey Foundation, or ADF for short, was, quote, too narcissistic, end quote. <laughs> too narcissistic for this bitch? <laughs> wow. All yeah. right. So in February 2016, while Anna was living in a hotel room in the Standard Highline, she met Rachel Deloach Williams, who was a photo editor at Vanity Fair at a nightclub. Williams described Anna as, quote, demanding and rude to wait staff, end quote, and said that, quote, when an elevator opened, she wouldn't wait for other people to get off, end quote. I'm just like, I'm still <laughs> just in awe of how she's getting people to pay for her because, like, she's a gigantic bitch. Mm -hmm. 
how are people being like, yeah, I'll pay, I'll give this bitch some money. Like, and and everyone's like, well, where's all her money coming from? It's like there is nothing. She she's paid for nothing. She has nothing. Oh, to be a white woman in America. I am just in awe of this story. Yeah. So, but despite all of this shitty behavior, Williams and Anna became close friends. So, yeah, okay. yeah, like she's in an interview saying like this woman's a bitch. She won't like wait for people to get off the elevator before going on. Like she's rude to people. And we're, yeah, we're friends. Well, well yeah, we wait, hang. well, wait. She's not saying this that hey, we're still friends in the interview. Just wait. So Anna used Microsoft Word to create bank, like fake bank statements and other financial documents that would show that she had 60 million euros in Swiss bank accounts, but that she couldn't access them because they were in this trust fund and because she's in the U.S. So then she's teamed up with architect Ron Castellano, whom she met through her contacts at Purple. And she's like, we're going to find a building to house the Anna Delvey Foundation. So they almost went with a building on the Lower East Side, but because it was too close to a school, they couldn't get a liquor license. So then she was like, all right, I'm going to shift my focus to a lo- to finding a location uptown. So through her connections, she also became friends with Gabriel Calatrava, one of the sons of a famous architect called Santiago, whose family owned real estate, a real estate advisory company. Um, that, that company is called Calatrava Grace. Okay. I mean, you also got to respect the ambition because mm-hmm. I know like 30 people <laughs> and she's like getting all of these contacts and all she's these networking. different places. She's doing yeah, what our like parents she, told us to le- do. I mean, she's great at it, apparently. Yeah. So she told people that Calatrava helped her, quote, secure the lease, end quote, on the perfect spot for the for ADF. It had six floors amounting to 4,500 square feet at the historic Church Missions House, which is a landmark building on the corner of Park Avenue and 22nd Street in Manhattan. She said the heart of the club would be a, quote, dynamic visual arts center, end quote, which Pressler described in her article as, quote, a rotating array of pop-up shops curated by artist Daniel Arsham, whom she knew from her Purple Days, and exhibitions and installations from blue-chip artists like Urs Fisher, Damien Hurst, Jeff Koons, and Tracy Emin, end quote. Anna also told people that the artist Christo had agreed to wrap the building for the grand opening. So, and you should look up this building. It's fucking huge. And this person's yeah. going to wrap it. Like, you'd wrap those fucking, like, Jojo Siwa's goddamn fucking Tesla. He's going to wrap this shit. So... So her foundation, what is what was the purpose? It's not like, a foundation, it it's a social club. It's like Soho House, but she was going to okay. say it was more elite. So it's like a nightclub thing. Not a nightclub. It's like a kind of like a country club, but okay. fancy and rich and not golf. Okay. It's it's a social club. We're too we're too poor to understand it. I know. It's like I still I still don't get it. (laughs) Um, But developer Abby Rosen, who owned the building and coincidentally, um, Eleven Howard, a hotel that she will stay at later, had bought Mm -hmm. another building a few years prior and opened the core club, which housed an art collection. So while people were like, oh, this is kind of weird. This is very opulent. Knowing that Abby Rosen owned this building, they were like, "Okay, it makes sense. So soon, Anna enlisted the assistance of Calatrava executive and former employee of Rosen's RFR reali- realty firm, reality firm, realty firm, Michael Jaffe, Jaff, J-A-F-F-E, 
Um, but she had him set up meetings with the biggest names in the food and beverage industry to discuss the possibilities for the club. And one of these people was Richie Notar, who was one of the founders of Nobu. We know Nobu. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, and allegedly they did a walkthrough of the building and she described her vision, which included three restaurants, a juice bar, a German bakery. And a, he said, quote, apparently her family was prominent in Germany and funding this project, this, this big project for her, end quote. Another nobody looks into this. No, they just take her at her word. Um, you just giving this bitch money, and you don't. You but he's not, not giving her money. References? He's not giving her money. He's okay. doing. He's doing business with her because she's like, I want to put restaurants in this. Okay, and so he's a restaurateur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is what he does. Yeah. But still, like, they're all consulting with her, and like, then billing her for their time. And I think I think it's also like. I think she got away with it because, like, she surrounded herself mm-hmm. with legit people. Mm-hmm. So other people were like, "Oh, well, I trust X, Y, Z." I've met and this she's person referred once. by this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So another person she was in contact with was businessman and hotelier Andre Balaz, who Anna said recommended that two floors of hotel rooms be added to this club, in addition to all of wow. this other stuff. Yes. Yeah, multiple yes. restaurants and bakeries and yes. blah 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 blah. However. Even Anna didn't have the capital it was projected to take to accomplish this project, which was approximately $25 million, quote, in addition to $25 million existing, end quote, as Anna wrote in an email to a prominent Silicon Valley publicist in 2016, which Pressler included in her article. Anna continued, quote, if you think this is something you could help us with and have anyone in mind who would be a good cultural fit for this project, end quote, just she was like, send us... Send it my way. Yeah. However, by the fall, Anna had changed her mind and decided she no longer liked the idea of having a private investor, especially since it meant someone would be telling her what to do. And according to Pressler, Anna later explained, quote, if we were to bring in investors, they would say, oh, she's 25. She doesn't know what she's doing. I wanted to build the first one myself, end quote. So to help secure a loan, one of Anna's, quote, finance friends, end quote, who told told her to get in touch with Joel Cohen, who some people might recognize that name because he was the dude who prosecuted Jordan Belfort, or as more people know him, the Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, so at that point, Cohen worked for the firm Gibson Dunn, which was known for its real estate practice, and he connected her with a partner by the name of Andy Lance. So Anna previously had complained about feeling as though older male lawyers were condescending towards her because of her age and gender, but... Andy's personality and expertise made him a completely different type of person, and it was a really good fit. According to Pressler, she said, quote, he knows how to talk to women, and he would explain to me the right amount without being patronizing, end quote. And she said the two spoke daily, saying, quote, he was there all the time. He would answer in the middle of the night or when he was in Turks and Caicos for Christmas, end quote. So after filling out Gibson Dunn's new client intake form, which included checking boxes that confirmed that she had the resources to pay and that she would not embarrass the firm. Oh, Lordy. Lance put Anna in touch with several large financial institutions, including Los Angeles-based City National Bank and Fortress Investment Group. So in an email, and also fun fact, all these emails from Lance are written in Comic Sans. Uh, Lance wrote, (laughs) quote... Our this dude is taking vacations for Christmas in Turks and Caicos and writing his emails in Comic Sans. Um, what a fucking straight oh white my man! God. So he wrote, "Quote: 
Our client, Anna Delvey, is undertaking a very exciting redevelopment of 281 Park Avenue South, backed by a marquee team for this type of venue and space, end quote. And he said that Anna needed a loan because, quote, her personal assets, which are quite substantial, are located outside the U.S., some of them in a trust with UBS outside the U.S., end quote. He also said that the money she received would be, quote, fully secured, end quote, by a letter of credit from the Swiss bank. When the banker at City National asked to see the UBS statements, he was sent a list of figures from a man named Peter W. Henneke, who wrote in an email, quote, please use these for your projections for now. I'll send the physical statements on Monday, end quote. So this person, this banker, notices that Henneke's email address is an AOL email, which I feel personally attacked by because I have. I still have an email. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I'm like, all right, go fuck yourself. Because he goes, question, quote, question, are you from UBS, end quote? So then Anna replies to this thread and says that no, quote, Peter is head of my family office, end quote. So okay. in November 2016, Anna submitted false documents as part of a loan application for $22 million to City National. Uh, City National refused to extend credit when Anna failed to provide the source of the Swiss assets. And so then she applied for a loan from Fortress. Fortress agreed to consider the application if Anna paid them $100,000 to cover legal expenses relating to this application. And ultimately... By December 2016, City National had turned down her loan request. Um, Anna called this a management decision, and Lance began reaching out to hedge funds and banks for alternate financing because she couldn't get a bank to finance this. Yeah, I was going to get real fucking angry if you had said, like, the first place that she applied for a loan, like, was like, sure, without any, like, physical evidence that she actually had this money. And I was like, good people can't get money. (laughs) This person can just skate on by. But meanwhile, Anna told Presslers that executives at RFR were pressuring her to come up with the money fast, warning that if she didn't, they would have to give it to another interested party who they said was rumored to be, they couldn't confirm or deny, Swedish Museum Fotografiska. So Anna fumed to Pressler later, quote, how do they even pay for that? It's like two old guys, end quote. So, yeah, they've they've been alive a long time and they know how to get money make money yeah so on january 12 2017 anna convinced city national to grant her a temporary overdraft facility for one hundred thousand dollars on the promise that it would be repaid quickly anna provided the fake aol email address of peter henneke a non-existent business manager um but then later prosecutors in her trial showed that she had used a google search to ask quote create fake untraceable email end quote Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So that's some backstory on the City National thing. So thank God they didn't give her any of this money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just like and, and the fact that, of course, it's fucking AOL. Like, of course, it's AOL. And yeah, the most ironclad, foolproof. Yeah. Yeah. Hosting site and, for an yeah. email address. Well, and then the same hundred thousand dollars from Fortress The reason that they kind of hedged was because she claimed to be she was German, but her passport showed that she was born in Russia. And so then and then the director arranged to verify the assets with her bankers in Switzerland and was like, I want to meet them face to face. I'm going to Switzerland. And then she withdrew the application. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So so now Lance is working overtime trying to, like, reach these poor people. 
And in February 2017, the $55,000 portion of the overdraft not spent by Fortress as part of the due diligence process was returned to Anna, which she then spent on like luxury fashion brands, electronics. She spent $400 on eyelash extensions. She spent $800 on getting her hair highlighted. Like, so it's like she gave them this fake $100,000. They gave her 50,000 real dollars and she was like, spent. Ah. So on February 18th, 2017, then 25-year-old Nefetari Neff Davis, an aspiring cinematographer, was working the concierge desk at the boutique hotel that I recently mentioned by Abby Rosen, Eleven Howard. And so Mm -hmm. she's there when this young woman who looks like she's about her age and she's wearing all designer shit slides a hundred dollar bill across the counter to her. So she's so it's Anna surprise. And Anna asks for, quote, the best food in Soho, end quote. And Davis suggests Carbone. And Anna's like, no. And 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 Davis is like, what about Mercer's Kitchen? And and Anna's like, no. So finally, she's like, what about Butcher's Daughter? And Anna's like, "Okay." Davis asks Anna's name and Anna tells her, oh, I'm Anna Delvey and I'm staying at this hotel for a month. Immediately, Davis becomes confused because typically only celebrities would stay there for extended periods of time. Um, Uh They're they're a relatively new hotel, but still, like, that's how things usually go. And so she was like, I'm going to look this up in the system. And sure enough, there's Anna booked into a Howard Deluxe Suite, which is like a mid-range option that cost about $400 a night. Oh. Yeah. So Anna then thanked Davis and said, quote, see you around. Which turned out to be quite true. Uh, Over the next few weeks, Delvey stopped by the desk often to slip Davis another $100 bill and ask her advice. And Davis would oblige. And she would offer input on everything from how purple was totally, like, washed up to how vandal was for hipsters. And eventually, Davis realized that Anna not only knew all of these things and knew where to go and everything, but basically, like... She she wasn't even just like testing her. She she knew their names. She knew the owners. She knew the staff. She just wanted someone to talk to. She yeah. just wanted a friend. Um. So Davis later told Pressler that she realized relatively quickly, quote, this is not a guest that needs my t- my help. This is a guest that wants my time, end quote. And this mm-hmm. didn't really come as a huge surprise or even like an uncommon situation for Davis because she told Pressler that guests would often confide in her saying, quote, you just sit there and listen because that's your concierge life, end quote. However, most people would eventually leave and Anna didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so she kept coming back and then eventually started bringing food or like a, a glass of wine and would sit by Davis's desk to chat when she wasn't busy. And mm-hmm. while some employees, again, everybody pretty much found Anna to be polite or impolite, annoying. Um, for example, she never said please or thank you. And she would make remarks that were, as Davis described, oppressor, quote, not racist, but classist, end quote. Um, uh-huh. For example, one time she asked Davis and a- another hotel staff member, quote, what are you bitches, broke? End quote. <laughs> yeah. However, as Pressler said, Davis explained to her, quote, it didn't come across as mean spirited, more like she was some kind of old fashioned princess who'd been plucked from an ancient European castle and deposited in the modern world, end quote. That doesn't 
excuse you from being a total trash human being. No, but that's <laughs> the excuse that we're going with. However, like I said, so she's sliding $100 bills to Davis and Anna quickly established herself as one of the 11 Howard's most generous guests. Uh, Davis actually remarked to Pressler, quote, people would fight to take her packages upstairs. Fight. Because you knew you were getting $100, end quote. Yeah. Over time, Anna got more and more comfortable in the hotel and would walk around in like sheer Alexander Wang leggings or even just like a hotel robe. Uh And... Davis said, quote, she ran that place. You know how Rihanna walks out with wine glasses? That was Anna. And they let her. Bye, Miss Delvey. Like, just, wow. yeah, end quote. So Anna told Davis she was working on starting her own business, which she described as a Soho House-ish type of club that focused on art and would have locations in New York, L.A., London, Hong Kong, Dubai, Um, Just all over. And soon Davis began helping her by organizing business lunches and dinners at restaurants like Seymour's and the hotel's own Le Cuckoo, telling Pressler, quote, that's what they do in the rich culture is meals, end quote. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when Anna would arrive at the concierge desk to find Davis was busy, she would stand there and just count out $100 bills on the counter until she got Davis's undivided attention. Uh, and Davis later remarked to Pressler, quote, I'd be like, Anna, there's a line of eight people, but she'd keep putting money down, end quote. Oh, my God. Although Davis had begun to think of Anna as more of a friend than just a hotel guest, she did not hesitate to take the money, later admitting to Pressler that it was, quote, a little selfish of me, but yeah, end quote. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't just Davis. Uh, Davis said to Pressler, quote, she gave everyone Uber drivers, $100 cash, meals. Listen, you know how you reach for your credit card? She wouldn't let me, end quote. And spending wasn't just limited to this generous tipping or just generously buying Davis meals and things like that. Um, It Allegedly, her room was filled with shopping bags from top brands like Acne and Supreme. Like she just went on shopping sprees. Uh And between meetings, she would invite Davis to get manicures, foot massages, and even cryotherapy. And then Jeez. one day she brought Davis to a session with a personal trainer slash life coach that she had found online, Casey Duke, who she's known for working with celebrities like Dakota Johnson, Den- Denzel Washington, Lenny Kravitz, mm. Julianne Moore. Like just she's a big fucking deal. Yeah. And Duke would tell Anna at this first meeting, quote, stop sinking into your body. Shoulders back. Navel to spine. You are a bright woman. You want to be a businesswoman. You got to be staying strong on your own power, end quote. And so... Afterwards, Anna paid for this session, and then she paid for a package of sessions, which Davis told Pressler, quote, it was, I'm not lying, $4,500, end quote. Jeez. Yeah. So Davis's boyfriend thought Anna was weird and didn't understand why they were spending so much time together. And Anna, meanwhile, didn't understand why Davis had a boyfriend at all. But Davis explained that he was wealthy and he had promised to finance her first movie. Davis then told Pressler that Anna said she would finance the movie, saying, quote, dump him. I have more money, end quote. Wow. Yeah. So Davis did, though not because of what Anna said. Uh, She really did it because Anna had tons of connections. Uh, Davis later explained to Pressler, quote, Anna knew everyone. So, like, I mean, I kind of get it. Yeah. For example, at night, she'd host large dinners at Le Cuckoo, where she had also befriended the head chef at this point. And these events were attended by CEOs, artists, athletes, celebrities, like just 
everyone. Like, for example, during one of these dinners, Davis was seated next to Macaulay Culkin, who she had idolized as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, And she told Pressler the situation, quote, was awkward because I had so many questions and he was right there, but they were talking about, like, friend stuff. So I never got the chance to be like, so, you the godfather to Michael Jackson's kids? End quote. (laughs) And when, yeah, and when Anna wasn't hosting the biggest events, she was attending them. Soleil said to, said of Anna to Pressler, quote, she was at all the best parties, end quote. Mm-hmm. So by March 2017, a month after receiving the $55,000 remaining from her loan application fee because of this lavish spending, Anna ran out of money. She Yeah, I'm surprised it lasted that yeah. long. Well, and then she would offer to take friends out for drinks and dinner still, but when it was time to pay the bill, she would claim she had forgotten her credit card or her credit cards weren't working or what have you. So she would still keep up appearances, but other people would be footing the bill. So, meanwhile, she's still trying to raise money for her venture, and Davis noted that the artists and celebrity friends at these dinners were gradually being replaced by men with, quote, Goyard briefcases and Rolexes and Hublot, like that Jay-Z lyric, end quote. On one occasion, Davis looked across the table at Le Cuckoo and recognized the, the face of one of these guests as being Pharma Bro, fucking Martin oh. Shkreli, yeah. Yeah. Who Ooh. Anna introduced as a, quote, dear friend end quote but shkreli later wrote to pressler from prison that it was actually the first time they had ever met and anna was actually close friends with one of his executives and he wrote quote anna did seem to be a popular woman about town who knew everyone even though i was nationally known i felt like a computer geek next to her end quote Mm. so again like she is like making these big male scammers feel like shit yeah um so after their meeting, Davis tweeted that Shkreli had played leaked tracks from Lil Wayne's yet-to-be-released album, The Carter Five, for her and Anna, which infuriated Anna. But Davis refused to delete the tweet, later telling Pressler, quote, I wanted everybody to know that I heard this album that the world is waiting on. But Anna was pretty mad. She didn't come down to my desk for maybe three days, end quote. Hmm. Meanwhile, so Davis is still working the concierge desk, and she had a new visitor, Charlie Rosen, the son of Abby Rosen, the guy that owns the hotel and that building that yeah. Anna is leasing. Yep. So when Davis remarked to Charlie that she'd recently visited the Park Avenue building that that one of the guests of the hotel, this young woman was leasing from his father for an arts club, Charlie got really confused and had never heard of Anna or her foundation. Uh, what? So Davis told Pressler, he asked, quote, what room is she staying in? End quote. And then after Davis told him, he said, quote, if my dad has someone buying property from him staying here, would she be in a deluxe or would she be in a suite? End quote. Uh-huh. So when a hurt and suspicious Davis asked Anna a few days later, quote, why did you tell me you're buying property from Abby, but you're not staying in a suite? She said, do you ever have someone do so many favors for you? You kind of just want to pay them back in silence. End quote. And Davis called it, quote, genius. Like, like, can you imagine, like, being that quick on your feet? I mean, yeah, that's a very, that's a very quick response. Yeah, and it's a great response. Yeah, it's a great fucking response. Yeah. So in April 2017, Anna deposited $160,000 worth of fraudulent checks into a Citibank account, of which she was able to retrieve $70,000 in usable funds. She continued to be a woman about town. 
but she was definitely having cash cash flow issues of her own, which we'll get into. And she had significantly reduced her social circle to just Davis, Casey Duke, the personal trainer, and Rachel Deloach Williams, the photo editor from Vanity Fair. Yeah. So though she was a bit older than the other girls, Duke had taken something of a maternal interest in Anna, later telling Pressler that she seemed lonely and, quote, I know a lot of trust fund babies, and I was impressed that Anna had something that she wanted to do instead of, you know, living like a Kardashian, end quote. Mm-hmm. At one point, Davis told Pressler that she asked Anna, quote, what happened to all your friends, end quote. And Anna just gave a vague reply of, quote, oh, they're all mad I left purple, end quote. Okay. So because uh, she was she was like, I'm too busy for parties anyway. I'm so focused on the launch of this business. Like, like Davis just took it to be true because she told Pressler, quote, she was always on the phone with lawyers. They were always toning her down. Like, Anna, you're trying to make something that's worth this much to be worth that much. And that's just not how it works. End quote. Yeah. In the meantime, so one night, Anna asked Davis out to dinner at St. Ambrose. St. Ambrose? St. Ambrose? S-A-N-T-A-M-B-R-O-E-U-S- I'm too poor to ever go there, yeah, so how can you know place. that I can res- I can pronounce it? Yes. And that's in Soho. And Davis already thought it was weird because it was just the two of them at this dinner, but the situation got weirder when Anna's card was declined. Mm. Davis told Pressler that Anna said to the waiter, quote, here, and just handed him a list of credit cards. Oh, God. Yeah. Davis couldn't recall whether, like, it was in a small book or if it was the notes app on her phone, but crystal clear she remembered the next part which is quote the waiter went back to his station and began entering the numbers there were like 12 and i know the guy tried them all he was trying it and then shaking his head and then i started to sweat because i knew the bill was mine end quote (gasps) and it was a 286 dollar bill which wasn't a lot by anna delvey spending standards no but still it's a a lot for a normal person yeah it's a lot for for davis yeah yeah and she f- said she felt a little sick as she quietly transferred money from her savings and just was like, I'll cover the oh. bill. And she still rationalized it, though, as well, Anna had paid for so many things for her that it was her turn. And the next day, Anna paid her back three times the amount of the bill in cash. Wow. Yeah. So soon after, the manager at 11 Howard called Davis and asked her to address a sensitive issue. Uh, because the hotel had been so new when Anna arrived and because Davis was friends with Anna and because Anna had been staying there for such an unusually long time and she was a client of Abby Rosen's and a very valued guest. All of this led to the bottom line was the hotel had failed to get a credit card on file for Anna. And (gasps) when they had inquired about payment, they agreed to accept a wire transfer from her, but after a month and a half, they had still received no money, and Anna now owed the hotel about $30,000, which included charges from Le Cuckoo, which she had been billing to her room, which is where she was having all of those dinners. Yeah. So, yeah. How could they let it go for that long? I guess because she's handing everyone $100 bills. And she kept saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, and finally, it's been a month and a half, and it's not there, so they were like, listen. A, yeah, as a business, at what point are you just like... You have until this day or you're out. Yeah. Or we're suing you or what? whatever the recourse is. I don't know. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So the next day, so uh, Davis, first of all, was like, she, she didn't really know what to think, but she knew that Anna was good for the money. Anna had just paid her triple what she owed her the other night. 
So she said to Anna the next, she said she talked to her. And then when Anna dropped by her desk the next day, Davis pulled her aside and said to Anna that management said she needed to pay her bill. And Anna nodded and said there was a wire transfer on the way and that it should arrive soon. And then about halfway through Davis's shift, Anna came by the desk again and with this like impish little smile, tells Davis to expect a package. Package turned out to be a case of 1975 Dom Perignon champagne and instructions from Anna to distribute it amongst the staff. Now, here's the thing. Davis initially hesitated because any gifts, but especially liquid ones, needed to be approved by management. Yeah, anything over, like, a certain amount of money. Yeah, and this was over a certain amount of money. Approved, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So management refused to, like, distribute it. And Davis Yeah, at my job, we're, like, like, not allowed to keep gifts. No, but they refused because it was like, you owe us money and you're giving us champagne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, this is not what we, like, Yeah, it, it's very generous, especially for the staff, because the staff isn't the one that is, like, directly receiving that, what, was it $30,000? Yeah. I mean, that's, like, the the overarching, like, company, but, like, oof, mm-hmm. oof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Davis later told Pressler that, quote, they were like, how do we look approving this if she hasn't paid us? So they went after her. We need the money or we're locking you out, end quote. Yeah. So one morning, Anna showed up to her morning session with Casey Duke, the trainer, looking visibly upset and asking, quote, can we do a life coaching session? Mm -hmm. Duke told Pressler that Anna said she was trying to create something to build something and was sobbing, saying, quote, They think because I'm young, they think I have all this money. I told them the money would be there soon. I'm having it transferred, end quote. After advising Anna to breathe, Duke told her, quote, I feel like you are in a little over your head. Maybe you just need a break, end quote. Yeah. So in May 2017, Citibank sent 11 Howard a wire transfer on behalf of Anna Delvey for $30,000. And Davis told Pressler she called Anna on her cell phone and asked, where are you at? To which Anna replied that she was across the street at Rick Owens, which is like a clothing store. Mm -hmm. So since it was about her lunch break, Davis went across the street to join her. And when she walked in, Anna held up a $400 orange t-shirt that was the same color as the bathroom scene in The Shining. And and that's one of Davis's favorite movies. And Uh that's also the color that she was using for her branding for this thing that she was about to launch, Film Colors. Okay. And so Anna said, quote, look what I found. It's perfect for you. I'd love to buy it for you. End quote. Davis told Pressler that a few weeks later, Anna announced to her that she was going to Omaha saying, quote, I'm going to see Warren Buffett. End quote. So it turns out one of her bankers had gotten her on the list for Berkshire Hathaway's annual investment conference. And she decided just that she was going to go and bring this executive from Shkreli's hedge fund who like I had said before like they were friend and it was like he was fun she was his friend and she was like all right yeah like I'm gonna go to this Uh uh-huh so she also decided she was going to be taking a private jet which she rented after forging a wire transfer confirmation from Deutsche Bank (sighs) For $35,390. That's for one flight. Back and forth, but yeah, round trip. Yeah. To LA? No, From to New York? Omaha. To Fucking Omaha. Fucking Nebraska. Yeah. 
That's okay. where Warren Buffett I, does his shit. Yeah. I literally like broke into sweat buying like a plane ticket to like Denver not too yeah. long ago. <laughs> yeah. And it was like economy. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I How just... are all of these fucking fake wire transfers going through? How is the technology not to the point where you can tell if it's fake or not? So I just, I'm, I... I'm not an economist and I'm not a scam yeah. artist. But, yeah, I mean, I don't get it. But this is kind of the vibe I'm getting is so, for example, she will have a check. She Let's say she's got like three different accounts with Chase, Citibank and Bank of America. And she is writing a check overdrafting from one bank to another bank and then sending money that's been before they can figure out that that's been overdrafted from that first bank. Okay. She's withdrawing money from the second bank and then sending it to that third bank. And so, does this make sense? Yes, but I so don't, before they can I figure don't it out. But I don't understand how you can get away with that more than one time. Because they don't all know about each other. Okay. Um, so after she left, so, uh, well, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So Davis, she says, she promises to Davis. She's like, I'm coming back. But Anna still had not given at this point a credit card to 11 Howard after this $30,000 wire transfer. Yeah. So she paid the debt. She hasn't paid like. She's accruing new debt actively. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's still like trying to stay there yeah and there have been multiple requests for management for this card it's not like they forgot about it yeah so after she left for omaha hotel staff changed the code on her door and put her belongings in storage good for them so then davis texted anna to break the news and she told pressler that anna initially responded with indignation asking quote how can they do that end quote but then immediately went on to tell her that the conference had been amazing and even on the last day her companions and she had gone to this zoo recommended by a cab driver, and they hadn't really expected much from it. But they're riding around at this zoo on their golf carts when they stumbled on this private dinner being hosted by Warren Buffett for a slew of VIPs, with Anna telling Davis, quote, everyone was there, like Bill Gates was there, end quote. And so they watched Is this the dinner. this fucking Illuminati meeting? Yeah, probably. <laughs> They, they watched this dinner through the windows and then snuck in and mingled and like rubbed elbows with these major executives. That's fucking weird as shit. All right. However, when Anna returned to Eleven Howard, she was once again furious. Like she had not. Yeah. Yeah. And Davis then said that Anna told her she was going to implement this trick she had learned from Shkreli in which she na- she purchased the domain names for the names of the hotel managers saying, quote, they're going to pay me one day, end quote, and then emailed them basically holding it for ransom, being like, I have your name on like as a domain name website and you have to give me a a million dollars if you want to get it back. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Are they ever going to like open up a website in their name? Exactly. Exactly. I don't I don't understand how that is a a huge threat. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. Okay. Um, she also declared that she'd be moving out as soon as she returned from Morocco. Oh, it's a you can't fire me, I quit deal? Yeah. So <laughs> she was inspired by Khloe Kardashian's trip to Morocco. And so she reserved a 7000 a night Riyadh with a private butler at the Marrakesh resort La Mamounia. Um, and a Riyadh is kind of like a villa. Okay. And she invited Davis to join her, Duke, 
Williams and a videographer that Anna had hired who she was hoping would make a, quote, behind the scenes documentary, end quote, about the process of building the Anna Delvey Foundation while on vacation. And she Mm -hmm. explained this was an all expenses paid trip. She promised massages and lounging poolside. And Davis was very tempted. But she was like, there's no way I'm going to get any time off. And Anna responded, quote, just quit, end quote. Oh, my God. I hope this woman does not do this. Well, she considered it. But ultimately, her mother talked her out of it, reminding her, quote, nothing in life is free, end quote. Yeah, exactly. Nothing in life is free. And you just saw this woman, like, get kicked out of the hotel that you work at for not providing payment details like you know something fishy is going on in your gut you have to know yeah so she stayed behind but she had like tons of fomo she watched all the fun from instagram and she later told pressler quote i was pretty jealous end quote i can understand that but in the long run i'm sure she feels real good that she didn't go oh she does because things were not as fun as they looked on instagram as things often are yeah, 100%. That's everyday life. <laughs> so two days into the trip, Duke got food poisoning and had to go home. Oh. About a week later, she gets a call from a sobbing Anna who is alone at the Four Seasons in Casablanca and tells her, she Anna tells her there's a problem with her bank. None of her credit cards are going through and the hotel is threatening to call the police. So after calming Anna down, Duke told Pressler that she instructed her to put management on the phone saying, quote, they were like, she is going to be arrested, end quote. Yeah. So Duke was torn because, no, this wasn't her problem, not her circus, not her monkeys. But Anna was a client. She was a friend. And at the very least, she was somebody's child. So she ultimately decided that karma would hit her back and gave the hotel her credit card information. (gasps) Oh, no. But it failed to go through. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. So she called her bank to be like, hey, we need to fix this. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And that didn't work. Oh, thank God. (laughs) I can't handle this. I can't handle this back and forth. So then she called her friend. And she was like... (laughs) Just let this woman sing. She would not do the same for you, my dude. She called a friend and was like, I need your credit card information to help this client friend of mine. And the friend was like, not fuck you. No. And no. Yep. Did they know how much it was going to be? Yep. And when that also failed to work, the hotel finally conceded that it might be a problem with their system. Oh, my God. Duke then told them, quote, trust me, I know she's good for it. I just spent two days with her in Marrakesh, end quote. And then when they put Anna back on the phone, Duke told her she was buying her a flight back to New York. And a sniffling Anna thanked her and then said, quote, can you get me first class, end quote. Wow, what a fun. <laughs> this is this is the best thing ever. I love the roller coaster that I just put Haley on. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> I need to have my heart so, checked. So a few days later, Anna pulls up to Eleven Howard in this like brand new silver Tesla with those like doors that go up like fucking wings. I don't know what oh. they're called because I'm poor. And the the fucking DeLorean doors yes, that are super impractical. Yes. yes. And and is giving the implication that it's hers, but then later people figured out that it was probably rented. Yeah, um, no shit. But she tells Davis, she she rolls in and tells Davis she's moving downtown to the Beekman Hotel. However, Anna still owed the hotel, as well as Mark Kramer's, the designer that she had hired to do her branding work, 
for him, it had been almost a year since Anna promised to wire his fee of 16,800 pounds. And now emails to Henneke were bouncing back, the financial guy. The fake AOL email. The fake AOL email. Okay. So he was like, hey, what gives? And Anna replied, quote, Peter passed away last month. Please refrain from contacting or mentioning any communication with him going forward. End quote. And that's just supposed to nullify any well, amount wait. of money? Well, wait. So so Henneke's phone number also belonged to a burner phone purchased at a supermarket. And you could tell, they, like, they could tell that? They later that found, a- this was later figured out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it, got and it. And then after Henneke, like, died... Anna allegedly created a new financial advisor named Bettina Wagner. And once again, she did the whole fake email thing. She also had Googled. Um, this is another thing that I guess I should how to do earlier. a better fake email. No, she this was back when she Googled. So she also Googled. I forgot about this quote, non-existent email that is not going to bounce back. End quote. Hmm. <laughs> so meanwhile, um, she 20 days into her stay at the Beekman Hotel Management realizes that they didn't have a working credit card on file for her either, and that her wire transfer to pay her outstanding balance of $11,518.59 never showed up. And, like, if there are two hotels in New York, they can't communicate with each other? Like, There's the- not a do not fly list, nah. I mean, oh, there is, but, like, crazy. not for, like, you know what I mean? Like, she's a high roller. So I understand, but just, like... Uh, owner to owner, businessman to businessman, like in the same business, just be like, hey, just so you know, like this person's fishy and mm-hmm. she's going to be staying at your hotel. And we had problems with her. Like in in my in my job, I have been contacted by people uh, working in other uh, towns about problematic things going on. Be like, oh, if you see this, uh, just like. Red flag. Ignore. Just know. Just know that this is uh, uh, an issue. So, like, it would be nice <laughs> if people. I mean, I feel like that would that would cut down on so many different crimes if people just like kind of like you know talk to each other. Yeah. No. No. Great. Perfect. No. So, like Eleven Howard, they locked Anna out of her room and confiscated her belongings. Much earlier, though. Yes. She then moved on to the W Hotel in downtown Manhattan, which lasted for two days until the same thing happened. Aww. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Love that. Did you pay? Uh, Yeah, yeah, too much. (laughs) Um, But so by July 5th, Anna is effectively homeless. She is wandering the streets in threadbare Alexander Wang sportswear. Like she's she's the smallest violin plays. Yes. So then late one night, she goes to Duke's apartment and dials her from the outside saying, quote, I'm right near your building. Do you think we could talk? End quote. Now, Duke was actually in the middle of a date. So she wasn't really in the mood to talk. She was in the mood yeah. for something else. Mm-hmm. And she still agreed to meet with her in the lobby and goes down and finds a sobbing Anna who says, quote, I'm trying to do this thing and it's so hard. End quote. And Duke suggested she call her family, but Anna brushed it off, saying her parents were in Africa, and asked, quote, do you mind if I crash at your place tonight, end quote? So Duke declined. Yeah, cock block. Yeah. Come on. And said she was on a date. But then Anna said, quote, I really just don't want to be alone. I might do something, end quote. So Duke's date hid in the bedroom while she made up a bed for Anna and offered her a glass of water. 
And so Duke or Anna asked if she had Pellegrino and Duke took out a, her oh last bottle of Pellegrino and two glasses. And Anna just grabbed the bottle and began to chug it. I hate her. <laughs> so then she yawns and says that she's tired. She goes to bed. And as Anna is sleeping, Duke's alarm bells start going off. And later tells Pressler, she later tells Pressler, quote, I mean, I'm born and raised in New York. I'm not stupid. End quote. So she texted Williams the from Vanity Fair. Yeah. Who told her about what happened at La Mamunia. Apparently, after Duke went home, the credit card Anna had used to book the hotel didn't work. And when Anna wasn't able to come up with a new method of payment, the hotel sent two, like, kind of like gangster goons to their villa mm. and was physically, like, intimidating them into paying. So they're freaking out. And Williams was forced to put the $62,000 balance, which was more than her salary, her yeah. yearly salary. Yeah. On her work Amex. Oh, my God. So Anna promised to send her a wire transfer for the money so she could replenish the business account so she wouldn't get, because you don't do that. You'll get fucking nailed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You don't put personal expenses on a Yeah, especially one of that much. Yeah. Um, So she said that she would wire her the money so she could replenish it, but... A, at that point, a month had gone by, and all Williams had received was $5,000 and a litany of, quote, Kafka-esque, end quote, excuses. Oof, oof. So the next morning, Duke lent Anna a clean, nice dress, plain, but very, very nice, sent her on her way with an uplifting motivational speech about how she could do it and blah, 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 and, like, was like, but you're not staying here. And yeah. then when Anna left... Duke turns around and sees that Anna had left her laptop behind. Mm. Giving the classical, I have an excuse to come back. Or, so, or she can look through the laptop and no, see some no, nefarious no, no. things. Anna had used it to like have an excuse. Well, I've got to go back in now and get my laptop. And what so now I've fucking... got another way to stay. So Duke was not about to fall for this. So she left the computer at the front desk and told Anna that she could pick it up there. Yeah. That night. for her. Her doorman calls saying Anna was in the lobby and that he told her that Duke was out, at which point Anna said, oh, well, then just let me into the suite. Ooh, nice what? doorman, though, giving her the heads up. Well, very nice doorman, because this is after the fact. And the doorman said, I did not let her up into the suite. Yeah. And so then Anna said, well, how long is she going to be? Is she going to be back? He didn't know. And so Anna said she would stay in the lobby until Duke returned. So Duke Ugh. asked him to let her know when she left, but Anna stayed for hours. And Duke later told Pressler, quote, they were like, she's still here. She's texting. I was like, oh, my God, I'm a prisoner of my own house, end quote, because she's upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, finally, after midnight, Anna left. And while Duke was initially relieved, she began to worry about Anna. So she started calling around. Uh, kind of just to figure out, like, where she is. And yeah. later telling Pressler, quote, I started calling the hotels to see where she was staying, and each hotel was like, this girl, end quote. Yeah. So later that month with the Beekman, or, or later that month, the Beekman and the W filed charges against Anna for theft of services. Um, This even made headlines in the New York Post, which read, quote, wannabe socialite busted for skipping out on pricey hotel bills, end quote. Hmm. 
So as she was being arrested, Anna protested, quote, why are you making a big deal about this? Give me five minutes and I can get a friend to pay, end quote. Yeah, get a friend to pay. And when none of her friends arrived, Anna contacted an attorney, Todd Spodick, and it was like, this is an emergency. Like, you need to help me. He went in on a Saturday um, and he he believed her when she said it was all a big misunderstanding and she was this German heiress. But as he did with all of his clients who ranged in terms of like savory and unsavory types, um, he had her sign a lien on all of her assets to ensure that he would get paid. So yeah. on her way out, he told Pressler that Anna had asked him a favor. Quote, I kind of need a place to stay. End quote. Mm-hmm. And he declined because his wife would fucking kill him. Yeah. Um, and Anna once again contacted Duke, who did not permit her to stay with her. But instead, she held an intervention at a nearby restaurant in which she and Rachel Deloach Williams confronted Anna and asked for answers. And Anna continued to give them the runaround as these women kept getting angrier and angrier until Anna began to cry and said, quote, I'll have enough to pay everyone once I get the lease signed, end quote. It's like, but also... You think that these people are your friends and you're still doing this bullshit to them? Yeah. Yeah. Like that is that's the I think one of the grossest things. Right. It's like you know you don't have the money to pay anyone back or maybe she's so delusional she thinks she does. That's what I think it is. I think that she thinks like I think she got in over her head and that she was like once I get this fixed I can I can pay everybody back and it will be like none of this ever happened. I truly think that's what it was. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. However, Duke then informed Anna that Photographiska had rented this building that she had been eyeing, that she thought that she was going to have. Yeah, because she Just was, she was warned. Yeah, she yeah. had been warned. She even showed her an article to prove it, but Anna just called it, quote, fake news. Oh, my God. She dismissed and it. And you know what's crazy? Like, if she had, because she obviously scammed a lot of this stuff, if she had, like, kind of like lived within her means quote unquote and like was able to like not giving everybody hundred dollar bills not staying at a hotel that was like four hundred dollars a night blah 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 she probably could have come up with the money for the place yeah yeah but she lived outside of her ambition and just was way too she was trying to live the like walk the walk before she had a place to like yeah do that yeah yeah crazy um and and also she's being investigated by the manhattan district attorney's office for bank fraud on top of all of this now like they're really digging into her yeah so on august 17th and 21st 2017 anna allegedly deposited two bad checks worth fifteen thousand dollars into her account at signature bank and then over the next few days she withdrew about eighty two hundred dollars in cash before the checks were bounced yeah, bold move while you're under the microscope of, like, the district attorney's office. No, this is what this is what caused them to look. Oh, this is what caused it. Yes. Okay, okay, got And it. that same month, the CEO of the company Anna used to charter the jet to Omaha, Blade. So his name is Robert S. Weisenthal. Um, sto- it, it, sources differ on whether they actually knew each other because she was like, oh, we knew each other. And he was like, nah. So, yeah, I don't believe a word out of her mouth. So, But then it, there were other things that was like they met once. And so, like, it, it's iffy. But... Yeah. He reported her to the police after repeated failure to pay for the jet. Okay. So Anna was arrested on October 3rd, 2017, in a sting operation planned by Michael McCaffrey, a police officer with the New York Police Department working with the Manhattan DA's office. In order to facilitate the sting, McCaffrey worked closely together with Rachel Deloach Williams from Vanity Fair. 
At the time, Anna was staying at Passages Malibu, a luxury rehab slash addiction treatment facility yep. near the beach in Los Angeles County, California. So You've the, seen the commercials. I've seen the commercials. <laughs> Everyone's seen them. For those who don't know, it costs about 11 or, or excuse me, $112,000 for a 30-day treatment program. <whistles> yes. However, uh, John Oliver on HBO calls it, quote, bullshit because they say that they can, quote, cure addiction. Um, yeah, you can't cure addiction. No. But so in order to convince Anna to enter a more public venue, like they couldn't go in there and arrest her, uh, McCaffrey had williams arrange a lunch meeting at a restaurant just outside of the facility so when anna left the facility she was arrested by the lapd got it okay yes so later that month anna was indicted by a grand jury convened by manhattan district attorney cyrus vance jr on two counts of attempted grand larceny in the first degree three counts of grand larceny in the second degree one count of grand larceny in the third degree and one count of misdemeanor theft of services for the fraudulent loan applications made to city national and fortress the check fraud the morocco trip the unpaid hotel and restaurant bills just like the whole fucking shebang everything yeah so on december 18th 2018 anna appeared in new york city criminal court and rejected a plea deal that offered three to nine years in prison a trial started on march 20th 2019 which was presided over by judge diane kiesel and while awaiting trial, Anna was incarcerated at Rikers Island during, like, during this whole thing. And yeah. she had 13 infractions for misbehavior such as fighting and disobeying orders and was placed in solitary confinement during Christmas. Jeez. At her request, Anna's defense attorney arranged for a wardrobe stylist to source her outfits for her court appearances. And that stylist oh was God. Anastasia Walker, who has also styled Madonna, g Easy, and Courtney Love. And on day uh, not day one but on one day of the trial anna actually refused to enter the courtroom because she did not want to appear in her like prison jumpsuit and her civilian out for the day had quote had not been pressed end quote oh my god i hate her so she threw a tantrum she cried she whined the trial was delayed for an hour and a half before she was forced to finally just appear by the judge yeah in the trial this isn't looking good for you my dude and in the trial anna's lawyer defended her by saying that her intent all along was to repay the debt and that the services were given to her in exchange for publicity on instagram he also described her as an entrepreneur with a comparison to frank sinatra claiming they both created a quote golden opportunity end quote in new york city fucking dumb yeah so on april 25th 2019 after deliberating for two days the jury found anna guilty of eight charges including grand larceny in the second degree attempted grand larceny theft of services anna was found not guilty of two of the other charges one attempted grand larceny charge in the first degree relating to the original loan application with city national and one larceny in the second degree charge relating to the theft from rachel williams at like in morocco okay in an interview with Pressler before her sentencing, Anna said, quote, I'd be lying to you and to everyone else and to myself if I said I was sorry for anything, end quote. But she later said in an interview, like, after, like, years later, quote, I told the parole board that I felt like I was taken out of context, and I said you showed up as a surprise, and my feelings from that trial were really fresh. I did feel quite defiant. It was just really a couple of days after my guilty verdict. I was still processing. I feel sorry for the way my case is being perceived, and I feel sorry that I resorted to these actions that people think I'm glorifying now. I feel sorry for the choices I've made. Definitely, I don't feel like the world would be a better place if people if people were just trying to be more like me, end quote. 
So on May 9th, 2019, Anna was sentenced to four to 12 years in state prison and fined $24,000 and ordered to pay restitution of $199,000, including $100,000 to City National, $70,000 to Citibank, and approximately two-thirds of the amount that was owed to Blade, the jet company. Jeez. She was then rebranded as inmate number 19G0366 and was initially housed at Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for Women before being transferred to Albion Correctional Facility in upstate New York. And Anna was released on parole for good behavior in February 2021 after serving three years of her four to 12 year sentence. I refuse to believe that she had good behavior at any point. I don't know, man. She then checked into the Nomad Hotel in downtown Manhattan, gave multiple interviews, including she had an appearance on Good Morning America, during which she claimed her time in Rikers was, quote, therapeutic. Uh, 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 what? She continued updating her Instagram, which she says is satirical, um, but she, not that the updates, like, that the Instagram account in and of itself is satirical, not just that, like, oh, I started updating it ironically. Like, no, like, she's, she's treating it as satire. She later rented an apartment in Manhattan and began promoting a potential new fashion collaboration with former Hood by Air designer Paul Coupo and hired another videographer to document her life post-prison. All the while, she regularly checked in with her parole officer. And six weeks after her release in March 2021, Anna was arrested by immigration authorities for overstaying her visa as she had an immigration detainer attached to her name when she was first released from prison. Oh. Yeah. So she was supposed to be deported back to Germany, but was filing an application for relief, which allowed her to remain in the U.S. And then through her lawyer, Audrey Thomas, she asked to be granted asylum based on a, quote, fear of returning to Germany, end quote, because her family and she received multiple threats, quote, due to the media coverage of her crimes, end quote. And she worried that they and she would be, quote, retaliated against for embarrassing her country, end quote. I was going to ask, like, during her trial and everything, where were her parents were they supporting her did they this is when people were like we're gonna find her parents like pressler tried to find the parents and did but that's when it, it all came out like when i said earlier they were like we don't know where delvey came from like oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. um so her application for asylum was denied in june 2021 but she quickly appealed it and despite her lawyer's many attempts to get her released on bond while she awaited a final decision on her appeal anna remained in custody in orange county correctional facility in upstate new york In January 2022, she tested positive for COVID and spent more than a week in quarantine isolation. She wrote in an article published by Insider, quote, I'm sure I'll live, but I haven't been this sick in years, end quote. Oof. While still in prison on March 1st, 2022, Anna joined a class action suit filed by the American Civil Liberties Union, or ACLU, in which she alleged that ICE refused multiple requests for a COVID-19 booster shot, She had received a single dose of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine the previous April 2021, Uh, but she later told Pressler of, like, her issues with ICE, quote, ICE came to see me three times, starting in December 2020, and the final time, they just let me know, we're not interested in you. So I was in shock when I was arrested. I I, I knew it was a possibility, but nothing had changed in my circumstances from six weeks before. So it's flabbergasting. Why not arrest me straight out of prison? It's not like I fell through the cracks, end quote. Mm. She also told Pressler of the immigration process in the United States, quote, it's just really hard to find what your options are. There's no way to do your own research here whatsoever. The books are from like 20 years ago. I've yet to find an immigration, any immigration cases that even resemble mine. I have a lawyer, but some people here don't because you cannot be a burden to the government while defending your immigration case. You either have to find some charity that will help you or represent yourself. 
I have not heard of a single success story of someone being arrested and finding a good free immigration lawyer while in jail. The system is predatory. You're set up for failure. End quote. I mean, I believe I agree all with that, that is probably true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So on Monday, March 14th, 2022, so literally a couple weeks ago, Anna was supposed to board a flight bound to Frankfurt where she was being deported, but the deportation failed at the last minute when, according to the New York Post, she just didn't show up to the airport. Her attorney, oh. Manny Aurora, later said that her failure to appear was likely due to the motion to stay the deportation, which he had filed late that afternoon, saying, quote, until we get a ruling from the appeal to stay on the, to stay the deportation, there won't be much else to report, end quote. All right. So that is the story of Anna Delvey. And now we have a brief pop culture segue. Because there is some stuff to do with pop culture to do with Anna Delvey. Slash yeah, Sorokin. even though it's still developing. Yeah. So in 2014, after this famous article was published by Pressler on Anna, Netflix paid Anna $320,000 for the rights to her life story. Huh. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about all that. What do you mean? Aren't, isn't there like a whole thing that you're not allowed to like profit off your crimes? Well, the New York, the New York Attorney General's office actually sued Anna in 2019 using the state's Son of Sam law, which profits those con- which prohibits those convicted of a crime profiting from its publicity and forcing the majority of these funds to be used to pay restitution and fines per the judgment. That's it. That's the one, the Son of Sam law. Yep. So she used a portion of this money to pay back the $200,000 that she owed to the banks, then an additional $25,000 to pay her fines to New York State. She then paid $75,000 in legal fees related to the trial, and ultimately, like, the court allowed her to keep the remaining $22,000. She was not forced to pay the $160,000 in legal fees owed to Perkins Coy re- related to the, the uh, unsuccessful lease of Church Mission's house, she didn't have to pay the $65,000 in legal fees due to Gibson Dunn related to the unsuccessful $22 million loan application. She didn't have to pay the $30,000 in legal fees due to Lowenstein Sandler. And she later told Pressler, quote, to reference that BBC interview where I was asked, does crime pay? I could not honestly say no in my situation because I did get paid. Yeah. For me to say oh no would be just denying the obvious. I didn't say that crime pays in general. End quote. And she said that she, quote, paid 198 something for restitution, which I have paid off in its entirety and right away and the rest of it to my legal fees. End quote. So. Damn. Inventing Anna. Netflix's nine episode series created by Shonda Rhimes. We know her. Love her. We love her. We stand her. For those who are unfamiliar, she's done Grey's Anatomy. She's done Bridgerton. She's done. uh, What what else has she done? Um, Uh, How to. Yes, how to get, how to get away with murder. murder. Yeah, yeah. Um, like she's just she's a fucking powerhouse. Um, the series, like I said, you can watch it on Netflix now. It has a six point nine out of ten on IMDb, an eighty three percent Google score, and a sixty four percent tomato meter rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, which honestly surprised me, but I, I mean I know less, so I guess that makes sense. Um, uh-huh. And a thirty three percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which again surprised me um okay but like i you do you i guess i i haven't heard too many reviews on it i liked it i didn't hate it it took me a couple days to get through it just because i was like okay i'm getting a little like bored but it wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen there are a bunch of uh docuseries now that really could have been one part documentaries oh but this wasn't a documentary it's a fictional series 
Oh, okay. Yes, got it. Got yes, it. Got yes. it. Okay. Yes. Um, it, it, it was released in February 2022. Um, some aspects of the series have been dramatized. Like, for example, Anna never faked a suicide attempt, the Chateau Marmont. Um, okay. But Julia Garner plays Anna Delvey. And mm-hmm. she, like, even went to Rikers Island as part of her research for the role to, like, talk to her. Um, Anna Chlumsky. I've seen the stills. She looks really, gr- she looks like great as She the looks great. And like everybody knows that one TikTok thing where she's like, I do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. Um, so like, th- I think that that's pretty, that's pretty good. The, um, so Pressler is portrayed because it kind of follows her trying to like uncover this story. It's like told uh-huh. from her perspective. And she's played by Anna Chlumsky, who played Veda in My Girl and My Girl 2. Which brings back the Macaulay Culkin connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, he can't see without his glasses. Um, but so, but the they changed the journalist's name for Pressler um, to Vivian Kent. But it is about Pressler. Um, uh huh. But yeah, um, Garner said that um, like during their conversations, Delvey asked how the shoot was going, how she was planning to portray her, and that she Garner found Delvey to be quite intimidating at times. Um, even though Pressler was present in the room throughout the interview. And Anna, ultimately, like, she didn't hate this series. She she was like, yeah, all right. Um, she And neither did Duke. Duke was portrayed by Laverne Cox. And she's a Love. fan of, of Laverne Cox, as we all are. And she thought that she did a great job. Um, so there's that series. Uh, in July 2019, Rachel Deloach Williams wrote a book called My Friend Anna. Um, so you can, you can read that as well. Um, I'm trying to go through this fast because I know I've kept y'all for a minute. Williams received $300,000 for the book. Um, she did talk about how the, in this, in this book, how, um, what do you call it? The, the trip to Marrakesh and all of the financial woes that ensued, how that affected her, not just financially, but also, like, mentally. Because, like, imagine, like, you're working for, for like, fucking Vanity Fair. You're working for, like, a huge magazine. And mm-hmm. this is what you're going through. Like. And also, like, because she put all of that stuff on, like, her credit card. Like, yeah. her work credit card. Like, she could have been in huge a trouble. lot of yeah, trouble. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like it, yeah. it makes sense that there would be, like, not just financial, but mental stress. Um, Trust issues. Like. Yeah. 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 So it has a 3.49 on Goodreads and over 19,500 reviews or ratings, excuse me, um, over 2,000 reviews, though. But yeah, so there's so people are still reading it. People are still liking it. Um, mm-hmm. HBO also paid Lena Dunham um, or HBO and Lena Dunham paid Williams $35,000 to option the TV rights to the series, but sh- they never did anything with it. So okay. just the rights were returned to Williams. Um, Anna's story has also been the subject of an episode of American Greed by CNBC, an episode of Generation Hustle by HBO Max, uh, 2020, where Anna was interviewed by Deborah Roberts while in custody with ICE, 60 Minutes, where she was interviewed by Liam Bartlett. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just there's there's so much going on here. Um, yeah, there's tons of coverage, that she, especially when it was all first breaking. Yeah, she was just on an episode of Call Her Daddy, like not too long ago, like literally like this month. Um, in December 2019, she was the subject of the drama documentary podcast 
Fake Heiress by journalist Vicki Baker and playwright Chloe Moss, which was released on BBC Radio 4 and starred Bella Dane as Anna. And in 2020, the series Katie Keene, that was like a one and done. It was like a spinoff of Riverdale. There's a character, Pepper Smith, played by Julia Chan, and she is loosely based on Anna. And then in late July and early August 2021, a play inspired by Anna's story called Anna X, which was by Joseph Charlton and starred Emma Corrin, who we know from The Crown, and Nabhan Rizwan ran at the Harold Pinter Theater in London and the Lowry in Salford. And as for Anna, right now she is working on a documentary projected with Buna Murray Productions in Los Angeles and a book about her time in jail, in jail and a podcast. But she asserted to Rachel, quote, I'm not trying to encourage people to commit crimes. I'm just trying to shed light on how I made the best out of my situation without trying to glorify it. This is what I'm creating out of that story, end quote. She's also working on a podcast uh, on a podcast. She's working on a book about her time in jail. And I think I just said that, but I'm like, I'm kind of unraveling as we go. <laughs> and she's also... There's just a lot. If we're familiar with Anka Jams. Um, oh, yes. Are, 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 we, are we familiar with, with uh, that whole... that whole? If it's a TikTok, I haven't seen it, but uh, I know of the movie, yes. No, but okay. Okay. So for those who don't know, there's a TikTok soundbite by Julia Fox, where she's like talking about Uncut Gems, which she was in. She's the girl that dated Kanye recently. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that whole yeah, fucking mess. She befriended Anna Delvey on Instagram during all of, of this because they run, I guess, in similar circles. And so apparently they're working on a project together. Ugh, great. So there's, this isn't the end of the story for Anna. There's a lot more that we're going to be discussing. I apologize in retrospect if any of this was all over the place. But like I said, we're all still getting new information about this. This is kind yeah, of a, the story is all over the is, place. The story is all over the place. It's truly just like it's tough to keep Unhinged. track. And all of these sources, like some of them, for example, were saying, oh, yeah, she was denied that loan in December 2017. And then other people were like, no, she was denied the loan in December 2016. And yeah. so nobody really knows outside of like the major experts on this case, which I, which I don't claim to be. But nobody really knows like just what the fuck Anna's been doing. I think that's also part of her play of mm-hmm. like kind of disarming people and like trying to throw people off her scent by absolutely making stuff all over the place absolutely yeah so yeah but wow yeah that's fucking wild (laughs) yeah i I really dislike her i i i feel bad for her it's not that i dislike her so much as i feel bad for her i dislike her purely based on the times where people were like helping her out oh yeah and, and she then she just needed to yeah and no but then she was like like letting her stay there and like but i want perrier or like yeah. I, i'm booking you a flight home but it has to be first class yeah or like that's fucked up no i that, agree that yeah that's that's some bullshit yeah but like whatever so uh two things before we go real quick obviously we want to um thank all of our patreon supporters for this month we have Lucian, above and beyond, one of our faves. Always. Stevie, we love. Megan, Kim, Michaela, Janny. So much love. And Sarah. Thank you Just all. Just love all of you. You're the best. Like We love you all. And we will not scam you. Uh, no. <laughs> um, We're here giving you the podcast. What you're paying for. Yeah. Like, just and damn. 
uh, obviously, I mean, our, our website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com, the links, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, uh, Crime Culture on Patreon, blah, 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 all that stuff. But right before we go, just to honor a good woman for Women's History Month. Oh, you don't have to. My husband, my husband works Whoa. with a fantastic <laughs> artist, yes. Gina Royale. Yes. She is incredible. We went to go see her perform uh, last weekend. Yes, yeah, I think it was last, last weekend. weekend. I've lost all concept of time. Time doesn't exist. Um, she's fantastic. And as soon as I saw her perform, I was like, we need to put her music on the podcast, especially because we are in uh, a month honoring women, whether they do fantastic things like Gina or horrible things like <laughs> Anna Delvey. <clears throat> and uh, we were ending with her song, um, Hurts Like Hell. It is fantastic. So enjoy, and we will see you next Tuesday. Uh, Gina Royale, one more time, on Spotify. Buy her music. Listen to her music. Go see her. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Ooh, look at that. Time, where did you run and hide? Do you have an alibi?